Well, are y'all ready to pray? Heavenly Father, what a great joy it is to enter your house. Father, we live in the greatest nation on the earth. We're washed in the blood. We serve the greatest Savior. We're filled with your spirit. And we live in the greatest time, the time that you've chosen to live in. Father, the word always works. It, it always works. It's never failed. Not one time in all the history. It's never failed. Father, I, call, I ask you to help us tonight to hear what you say and to hear what the Word of God is saying and open our hearts to be a doer of it and walk in the light of it. Experience everything you died to give us. Father, it's not right that you paid such a high price for healing and we not be healed. It's not right that you paid such a high price for us to be prosperous and we're not. It's not right that you paid such a high price for us to be in fellowship with you and yet something's caused it to something breaks it I pray that we leave here tonight and every everything right everything fixed nothing broken with a future ahead of us that's bright and glorious there's no such thing as a as as a bad future there's nothing there's no such thing as a past that can't be forgiven and a, and a life that can't be cleaned up there's no such thing there's no such thing as a problem that, that the blood won't wash and, the, and faith won't fix. They don't, they, there's no such a thing, Father. Not in this day. Not in, not in our time. You paid a high price for us. I plead the blood over this church. I plead it over every person the sound of my voice. I ask you to bless this church service in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, get your Bibles out and go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. Well, you know, Justin did a really good job. I saw on Facebook a little while ago that he went ahead. He's already posted what we're doing tonight. That's, that's awesome. But, you know, um, the secret to joy. I want you all to know something. Not everybody has joy. Not, I, I want to say this because I want to help you all. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to ever degrade myself, but, but I also don't want to appear like I've, I've arrived somewhere. I've had times I've lost my joy. I've had times I lost my joy and didn't know I lost my joy. You know, um, there's a lot of things in the Bible. It, it's funny because I, I will mention Bible school. I'm not anti-Bible school. I'm very, very pro-Bible school. But you get, a, you get a knowledge of Bible school, but you learn Christianity walking with God. And, and there's just things, there's things that you just don't get. Until you walk through some stuff. And, you, it, it, and, I, and I think sometimes that's why denominational people say that God used it to teach me. Well, he didn't cause it. But we do learn some things. Thank God the Holy Ghost will teach us. So, so maintaining my own joy. It, uh, joy and fellowshipping with God has become the highest priority of my life. Just to, walk, just to fellowship with God. Not even to come to church. Not, you know, just to have this church is not the highest um, just fellowshipping with God. Because I've had times when the fellowship got broken. You don't, you don't really realize it. And uh, so we're going to start there. And I think that tonight we're, we're going to walk out of here tonight with an aha moment. And many of you that have not been getting your prayers answered are going to get them answered after tonight. Amen. Many of the things that have stopped it. And so we're going to go down this road, and I think you'll enjoy this. First John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard and our eyes have seen, 
and we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Now, you know, that's an odd, I don't know, I've never really noticed this a lot because he's, the word of life, he's talking about Jesus. But yet he makes a statement here because he didn't say Jesus. And in verse two, he says, the life was manifested. We have seen and bear witness and declare to you eternal life which was with the Father and manifested to us. And he's not mentioning Jesus at all yet. He's going to in a minute. But he said, we've seen the life. Now, 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 you know, when you stop and think about this, when, you know, we're New Testament Christians, we've never known anything but New Testament. But for, for, for John, he remembers a time of being under the law, walking the earth, and there was no life. There was no eternal life. There was no new birth. There was none of that was here. And he remembers that. And, and people like me and Kenny Robinson, I remember being a sinner. I remember not being alive under God. I remember that. And I think that Christianity is more precious to me because I know what it's like to not have it. You know, and my wife, I love my wife, but she's never, she's never experienced coming out of darkness. She's, she got saved in church 15, 20, 30, 40 times growing up. You know, and she's been in church all her life, and I think that's a great testimony. But when I used to read the, you know, if any man's in Christ, she'd look at me and go, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what that means. I said, well, I do, because I remember being a hellion, and then I remember being born again, and I remember darkness, and I remember light, and I remember hate, and I remember love, and man, I remember the day, you know. So, so I have that contrast. But, but John is talking here, and he's starting to talk about the life. We, 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 not only, we not only got to hear about it, we actually got to walk with him. And he's talking about that, and that's powerful. So let, let, me, let me just keep going here. That which was from the beginning, we saw it with our eyes. We handled him with our hands. We, we sat, we talked with him. The life was manifested. We saw him. We bore witness. Declared to you eternal life was with the Father was manifest, which we have seen and heard and declared to you, so that you can have fellowship with us. And uh, truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus. And these things we write to you so your joy will be full. Now he's saying something here, and we're going to get into this. What is it he's saying that would cause you to walk in joy no matter what's going on? What would, what's he... Because he's talking about Jesus, but he's talking about like what I'm talking about. But let me stop and make a statement to you about the fact that they got to see him. Don't, don't go anywhere here, but if you could flip, your, flip back in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. I want to read something to you. I think it's very pertinent for me to say some things. Um, I get the great joy occasionally of getting outside this church and talking to sinners. I remember being in the world all the time, and you talk sinners all the time. But you know, to me, it's, in, it's refreshing, but I keep running into something every time I talk to a lost person. Every, almost every time, they don't know what God is like. And even Christians. I'm going to say that again because, I, because I'm going to make a point here, and I want you to don't ever forget it. They're afraid of God. They don't know God. They got some goofy ideas about God. And some of it came out of church. So I want to read something to you because I, I want to clarify something. And I want to, 
I want to qualify it because I want you to not ever forget this. Don't ever allow any devil of hell or anybody to, to ever rob you of what I'm going to read to you. Now look at this right here, Hebrews 1.1. God who at various times in various places spoke in time past to our fathers by prophets. But in the last days he spoke to us by his son. Whom he's appointed heir of all things to whom he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Upholding all things by the word of his power. So what is God like? What's he like? John was talking about the eternal life. Then he makes a statement. He said, I mean, we got to touch him. We got to talk to him. We, I've, I have not talked to a sinner in my life that he didn't blame God for what was going on. It, it's, it's just, it's, it's all, everything is God's fault. And three quarters of the Christians. Now stop for a minute because he said something. He said Jesus is the express image of God. Would you show me one place Jesus killed somebody? Killed a baby? Started a war? Caused a hurricane? Took someone's husband? Left someone sick? And told him no, that God would not. No, where did we get the idea of the image of God when he has literally walked in the earth and there's books written about him and the stuff being preached is exactly the opposite of the man Jesus? You say, I know Jesus. And you go, yeah, but he killed my husband. Somebody go back and read one more time what it, show me Jesus making somebody sick or, or, or taking someone's life or, I mean, just, just for all the doctrines, just one place. It's not in there anywhere. Are y'all, you understand occasionally I get passionate. Because it, why, why is it every time I'm sitting and talking to a sinner, I don't want to go to church because I'm mad at God. Why are you mad at God? Well, he killed my mother. He, we prayed and he didn't answer me. He didn't care. He didn't, and I'm going, hold on, stop. Whoa, back off a little bit. And the, and it, the bad thing is, is they learned it in church. Come on, y'all. If you're going to be a Christian, you got to know what he's like. You can't go through life serving a God that you think is mad and angry and, and, and ugly and he lies sometimes and he doesn't lie other times and you never know what he's going to do. You, you can't do that. I mean, if somebody came to me and says, yeah, I've met Lisa Morgan. Yeah, she's mean and you know, and, and, and ugly, and, and I go, whoa, you, you've never met Lisa Morgan. I mean, I know, I know her, I know her. And so when I hear these things, and see, this is what John is saying when he starts off, and he says, we got to, not only did we get to hear about it, but we got to, we got to walk down the road with him. 
Don't tell me we don't know him. I mean, we got to live with this guy. And so he's talking, he said that, that has a lot to do with your joy being full because a lot of people don't even know God. I'm talking Christians, you're afraid of him. Why are you afraid of God? He's merciful. Now, let's, let, let me go back to 1 John now. Be, let's go to John, look at John 10, 10, and let me just clarify this for a minute. Let me just clarify this, because I need to say this. The thief doesn't come but to steal, kill, and destroy. I came, help me, that you can have what, life? And have it abundantly. So there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a contrast here between Satan and Jesus. And so in a moment, we're going to read in 1 John that in God is light, and there isn't even one one millionth percent of darkness in him. There's no evil in him. There's no immorality in him. There's no hatred. There's, there's no, none of the stuff people say is true. It's not in him. It's not even in him. If you knew what God was like, you'd, 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 you'd be the craziest Christian in the world. That's why we come to church. We try to introduce you to him so you can become a crazy Christian. But see, this right here should set a standard. The thief he, he's not the thief. He's not robbing you and stealing and breaking and destroying your life. The closer you get to him, your life's not going to get worse. It's going to get better. He's not, the one, he's not the one messing your life up right now. He's not the one doing that. And he's not allowing it. Let's look at another one before we get off my, my, my bandwagon because I'm going someplace. James chapter 1 verse 12. Let's go there. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those that love him. That means that you're going to be tempted. But don't let anyone say when he is tempted, I was tempted by God. God cannot be tempted by evil, and he doesn't tempt anybody. Amen. The Greek word there is tempt, test, or try. God is incapable of testing you, of tempting you. He's, he's incapable of it. That's a, come on, guys. This is why there's a problem in, in, the, in America today. And nobody wants God. Nobody, yeah, the God we've been preaching, who would want him? Well, you never know what God will do. I know exactly what he'll do. He has a whole book written telling you what he would do. Read it. What a, what a stupid statement. Yeah. Well, you never know what God will do. Yeah. Well, you, my kids know what I'll do. Yeah. They know what Lisa will do. Why can't we know what God will do? Amen. He'd do what he said he would do. And he won't do what he said he won't do. It's, and then he, and, and he wrote a book. And, the, and to clarify it, he went, ah, come on, I don't want to be a mystery. So, um, so, hey, I'll just come down there. And we still can't figure out what he's like. Come on, guys, this is craziness. Who would want to serve a God that is as mean as everybody thinks he is? And he's not. 
All right, now I said all that because I'm trying to get to a place in this, in 1 John. <laughs> Go back to 1 John now. That we have seen and heard, we declare to you so you have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we're writing to you that your joy be full. This is the message that we heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. So I'm going to ask you a question. When's the last time you went into a dark room and turned on the light and the darkness stayed? It, you, it can't. All right, he, so he's going to say something. There is no darkness in God. There isn't any. I mean, he's not even capable of producing it. I mean, when there's darkness and he comes in the room, darkness leaves because he is light. He doesn't have light. He is light. There's not even any shadows in the room. All right, now, if that's so, now he's talking about you. You said, I walk with God. Really? And there's darkness in your life? How can you be with God and you be dark? You can't do that. That's not even feasible. That's not scientifically possible. And he's, he's still talking here about fellowshipping with God because we got a lot of Christians going, well, I know God. And I go, oh, yeah, really? Well, I've been watching you lately and it don't look like you know him at all. Yeah, I know God. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I drink and I smoke dope. Uh, yeah, I, I go to bars, and but I know the Lord. <laughs> I'm in the light when I'm not in the dark. No, you, no, you, you can't be dark walking with light. I know that sounds, it's simple, but it's like, duh. So, so I'm talking holiness but at the same time, how can you walk around telling me you know the Lord and you're walking around in darkness and, and out of fellowship? Well, I'm going to show you how it happens. I'm going to show you what the devil does. I'm going to show you how to get it all back. Amen? The key to joy is fellowship and relationship. That's the key to joy. There is no other. Joy is a spiritual force. Joy is a, is a spiritual thing that comes from God. So if you want joy, you can't have joy in darkness because they're outside of God. There ain't, no, there ain't no joy outside of God. And if you're walking with God, you're walking in light. You're walking in light. You're walking in joy. If you're not walking in joy, you're not walking in light. You're not walking with God. Amen. So he says right here, he says, I'm writing all this stuff so your joy will be full. Now, you can't manufacture it. Now, as much as we try to, you know, and, and I love to run aisles and jump pews with the best of them, but I'd like for you to get full of joy first before you take off running. Amen. Or at least get some on the way around. <laughs> All right, okay. This is a message we heard from him declare to you, God is light, there's no darkness. If you say, I got fellowship with God, and I'm walking around in darkness, you're lying. And you're not practicing the truth. You know it, but you're not practicing it. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, now look at this next one. Here is the big kahuna. We have fellowship with each other. All right. Here's the key. Now, th now we're, we're going to talk about a law. You are under law. 
Now, I know many of you, no, 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 Jesus already redeemed me from the law. That's why I made a new one. Are you all out? Did you go home? Don't, don't come to me and tell me. See, we don't have 10 commandments, but we still have two. And they're new commandments. But he, the reason they had to be new commandments, because nobody under the old covenant could ever keep them anyway, because they weren't born again. So now that you are, so, so here's, the, here's the skinny on joy. There is something God loves intently. You. He loves you. And he wants you to love what he loves. So you can't love God if you don't love each other. Now, I'm going to show you how he qualified it. Because some people are not lovely. And we're, we're going to talk about unlovely people tonight because we have some in this room. Not many, but, I, but I've noticed at least two or three. And I know the ones of y'all that are like, there's probably me. I know that this is just some, some people are just, now, now y'all remember Winnie the Pooh. Y'all remember Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh was a pastor. And all the animals were church. And Maybelle is Tigger. <laughs> and away she goes. But in every crowd, there's an Eeyore. It's my birthday, and they gave me a balloon. And it probably has a hole in it. I mean, you're so negative, you touch the battery, you'd kill it. I mean, you're just, anybody say anything? He's talking about me right now. It's just, that's an Eeyore. Don't tell us you're an Eeyore, just, just you know it. And there's classes for you. <laughs> when our boys were growing up, I loved watching Winnie the Pooh with them. I'm telling you, that was so refreshing. Um, because it did remind me of pastoring. And I would always name people in the church. I'd say, Lisa, there's... <laughs> I wouldn't really. I'm teasing. I didn't really do that. But I am going to tell you that Justin reminded me of, of Tigger, too. He... Justin wakes up in the morning and jumps out of bed and goes, woo-hoo-hoo, and off he's gone. And I would nickname, I called him Tigger growing up, man. He was like always up, always excited. I'm going to tell you a story one night. It's, it's, it's on Justin. When, when the boys were growing up, we wrestled in the house. Me and Justin, Joshua Jordan and Justin, we all wrestled. So wrestling was fun. It was fun to us. Well, we had a boy come over from the church that was a mean kid. But Justin didn't know he was mean. So he comes back in the room, and Justin and the boy are sharing toys, and the boy grabs Justin by the throat. And he'd been doing that at home a lot and getting away with it. And Justin thought, hey, want to fight? And he thought, so Justin pounces on him. I mean, does a body slam and the whole nine yards. And I can hear him back there. And to, to Justin, he's, he's having fun. Because that's the way we, we did it. In the, me and, we and I would stand in the middle of the living room. And Justin always got on the couch and dove at my head from the top of the couch. 
Joshua always came and snuck around and got me by the ankles and tried to pull me down. So I'm walking around the living room with Josh on my ankles and Justin on my head and Jordan punching me in the belly, calling me his pot-bellied bear. And so, so I let him punch and beat on me and all that. They tried the babysitter one time and she almost never came back. But, but that poor kid went home crying and Justin came out and went, I thought we was having some fun. He, but really, he just, Justin just whooped the mud out of the little kid. <laughs> but, but, that's, but that's just the way he grew up. You know, if, you, if there was a fight, he was going to dive in the middle of it. Body slam you and elbow you and everything. But it was all in fun. Thank you all. Y'all, all the women are going. Uh, uh, no. And all the men are going, Yeah. <laughs> And the Morgan family. All right, let's come back and get back in the spirit now. Back in the spirit, back in the spirit. Woo, okay. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we will have fellowship with each other. That is the earmark. And then, and, and I wrote the word, I, I put the word then, so don't call me a Jehovah Witness and say I added to the Bible. Then the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. It's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing thing. So he's talking here about walking in forgiveness. Isn't he? Yes, he is. All right. Now, um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Go over there, and we'll come back to this in a minute. Ephesians 2, 5. Because we're going to start talking about walking in love toward each other. Now, I'm going to say some things that will, I'm hoping to change you and your mindset forever and forever and ever. Okay, Ephesians 2.5, it says, when you were dead in trespasses, he made you alive together with Christ, right? All right, let's look at 11. Therefore, remember that you were once a Gentile, that means a, a gohim, in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision, made in the flesh by hands. And at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope. Not a drop. So what, what do we... Now, your salvation was free. Now, listen, let, let's talk about this a minute. Totally free. Did you earn it? No. no. I, I asked Lisa today, I said, give me, give me an analogy that I can use for how priceless is the blood. What's the blood worth? Is there a way to put a, a price on it? So I'm going to try. But if you wanted to pay your sins off and you paid one billion a day for one billion years, you wouldn't cover the interest. That's right. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm trying to give you a no hope. Because, until, you know, one of the things that's wrong with the world, they don't even know they have a disease, much less the cure. That's right. Amen. See, if you're on an airplane and someone offers you a parachute, you go, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. And they say, the plane is going to crash. Now you want the parachute. Because the parachute's of no value until you find out that 
we're going down. America, there is judgment is coming. It is coming. But there's an ark. You can get in it. All right. So here, here's, here's how you, you've got to start learning to think this way. If God gave me what I didn't deserve free, why am I charging everyone around me for love? Yeah, we're going to go, we're going to stay here a little while because this is the reason you lost your joy. You lost your joy when you got out of fellowship with people that were not nice, but then neither are you. And see, we forget that because we judge ourselves by our intent and them by their actions. Well, I didn't mean to do wrong, but by God, they did. So he's telling you that if you want a fellowship with God, you're going to fellowship with each other. And unless you're in fellowship with each other, the blood ain't covering you. And you lost your joy. Your joy is gone. You're like, well, I don't have no joy. I don't have no joy. Well, go back and find out who you're mad at. Okay, thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. I thought I'd get at least somebody jump and run after that. But All right, all right. Ephesians 1, 7, um, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, I want to read to you what forgiveness means. It means to permanently dismiss, to liberate, completely discharge, to send away or release, to cancel a debt, to release someone from an obligation of a, con- of a contract, a commitment, or a promise. To forfeit any right to hold a person captive to a previous commitment or a wrong that he has committed. The blood of Jesus took you, a sinner, on your way to hell with no hope and washed you, cleansed you, fixed you, and sent you out the door totally forgiven and redeemed with no condemnation on you and no judgment on you and, or at all, and you left free and in fellowship with God. I mean, you're going, whoa, the blood. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. But the other people around you are also, now we're going to find there's three groups of people that you're going to deal with. Christians, and he told you to love one another, right? Then he told you your enemies. Then you're going to meet people who are mean, And he said, love your Then we're to love the world because God so loved the world. So you, you and I, just forget it. You and I have a debt. I know you don't want to hear that because you think he paid all your debts. But you understand, when you got born again, he, what was given to you freely, we'll get in here in a minute. Why are you saying God don't use the law on me, but I'm going to use it on Kenny? Why are you using it on other people, and yet you don't want God to use it on you? Oh, have mercy. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. No, no, you can just, God, you just, you fix art. God, you know what he did? Now, you know, God, now let me say something to y'all. God hates that. He hates it. 
And we do too much of it. Woo, it got quiet in this Baptist church. And you're going to find out that your prayers won't get answered. While you got ought against anybody. Ought means anything, baby. All right, I knew it. I didn't expect to get quiet this fast, but it just got quiet on me. God has permanently dismissed our past sins from us, and we are liberated completely from them. He has discharged us from them. He has sent them away as he's released us from them. The debt he once owed in the past, his transgression, is canceled, and God has freed us from the guilt of the previous actions. Because of the blood of Jesus was shed for the payment of my sin, God has forfeited any right to hold me captive for whatever I have, since I have already received forgiveness. Psalm 103, don't go over there, verse 12. He has cast your sins as far as the east is from the west, never to see them again. He don't even know you did them. Now, page 2, Matthew 18. Y'all want joy? You sure? Rosa does. Anybody else in here want some joy? You want some joy? I want some joy. 1821. And Peter came to him and said, Lord, I have got one really big theological question for you. How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? Because eighth, number eight, I am going to knock him out. So I'm going I'm to back it up and ask you a question. How many times do you want God to forgive you? Hundred times a day? You're setting the standard. I mean, come on. I mean, maybe I'm the only one. I know Melanie. I know Melanie has. Is there anybody in here that's ever sinned since you've been saved? Tony. Tony. I mean, you know, you. no, I'm not talking about you missing. I mean, you just flat out just disobeyed God. Tony, me and Tony, Maybell, no. Not, not Maybell. Ocell, maybe. Debbie, Debbie ain't never sinned a day in her life. Debbie reminds me of Mother Mary. Man, she ain't never done nothing. But married to Jack, I'll bet you she's had words with him. Well, he probably needed it, though, you know, knowing Jack. I'm going to tell you something about Debbie. All the years I've known her, I've never heard her say a negative word about her husband. And I know him. (laughs) I mean, Jack's Jack's a rascal. Jack's a fun guy, but he's a rascal. But you'll never hear Debbie ever, ever, ever criticize her husband say anything. I told her one day, I said, that's... (laughs) I, f- I feel bad looking at you because I remember I said at least two things about Lisa I shouldn't have said, but they were all true. So are y'all ready to go on with this? All right. I don't say to you seven times, but 70 times seven, what's he really saying? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't add it up. Don't, don't do the math. What do you want to do the math for? That's 490 times a day, baby. Hey, that's a good God. Is that a good God? That's a good God. 
hey, God, I'm coming back in here, but it's only been 427 times. He's going, all right. Come on. And when he had begun to send it, there was a kingdom. There was a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, one brought to him that, that owed him 10,000 talents. Now, talent is a year's wages. 10,000 years wages. That is a lot of money. And, and I don't know what is that. Um, you know, well, you guys that want to do math, what is 10,000 times 50,000 or 100,000? What is that? That's a, that's a hunk of change. Right? So he brings him in there and he goes, uh, you, you owe this. Now, he's, this is you. This is you. This is me. This is us. And that's the point that he's making. If, it, if, it's not, if you don't have the blood, God don't want to talk to you. You know, don't you think about this. God goes, I love you so much, I sent my son to die in your place. And you go, no, I don't want it. You're going to take him off. <laughs> That's a big gift. Nobody in here would ever do that in the name of Jesus. Verse 25, but he was not able to pay. And the master commanded he be sold and wife and children and everything he had in payment to be made. That he's not coming out of jail ever. The servant fell down and, and, and before him and said, Master, have patience with me. I'll pay you all. He, he can't. He can't. And the master of that servant was moved with compassion. The word compassion is the Greek word mercy. And he forgave him the debt. Now, I want, you to, I want to ask you something. Where did the money come from? He pulled it out of his own pocket and paid it. The king paid the man's debt out of his pocket. The debt had to be paid. He didn't just forgive it. He paid it himself. So the man could go home to his family and released him of the debt. Some of y'all read the story. You know where we're going. This is a big deal, and I'm going to show you why in a minute. That servant went out and found some one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. That's $18. He laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, you pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him and says, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. And he would not. And he went and threw him in prison till he should pay the debt. And when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and they came and told their master everything that was done. And the master, after he called him and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant for $18 as I had on you. And the master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. Jesus is making a statement here. Until he would pay all that was due him. So my heavenly father also will do to you. If you from your heart do not forgive your brother their trespasses. All right. And I'm going to make a statement here. Satan is a master. At sending people to tick you off. And do you wrong? Yes. Why? To get you out of fellowship with God. Yes. Now we'll talk a minute. We're going. Yeah, but what about the, what they've done? We're going to talk about that in a minute. But I'm going to tell you what. Every person, almost every person, Lisa and I have ever prayed for, 
in this church that died of cancer had bitterness in their heart. I don't know all of them, but I would say at least nine out of 10. There might be occasional person and I don't, I'm not, but, but the ones we've been in the hospital, they've all been bitter. And I, and I, and, and what, and what they were mad about was legit. Have y'all ever had anybody do you wrong? Have you ever had a hard time getting over it? I have. I have. It is a masterful plan by Satan. But you don't have a choice. Because I'm going to show you in a minute that the law you're using, you didn't keep it. You lost the right to sit in the seat of judgment. We all have. I can't tell you the people I've met who grew up in homes where the mother and father were, were mean and ugly and the kids grew up messed up. It, it, it happens all the time. That's why you come to Jesus. Do you understand? And you come to Jesus humbly because you messed up too. And, and he forgives you. And he cancels the debt and he releases you. Not to go back out. I'm going to tell you a story. When I, lit, when I worked in Tulsa, I, I, I witnessed everybody that I worked with, and I, wor- I witnessed everybody. And I met a boy one day, a young man, and I was talking to him about Jesus, and he appeared to be listening. And I got finished. He looked at me and said, Mary was a whore, and Jesus was a bastard. Whoa, <laughs> Woo, it made me mad. God Almighty. Whoa, I, on. I told God, I said, can I go back and just slap the fire out of him? I mean, it really angered me, really angered me. I, was, I, really, I wasn't expecting that. I never had anybody bring that back to my face when I'm talking to them about Jesus. The, you know, I love the Lord. And the Lord said, why would you make his life hell? He's going to hell when he dies, son. Don't, don't you make him more miserable. Let him at least enjoy his life. See, that, that explains why God lets sinners enjoy their life. They're going to hell, guys. Well, I know people who don't serve the Lord and they got money. Shut up, stupid. They're going to hell when they die. Do you want to be like that? Dear Lord, be quiet. If God wants to have mercy on someone who's going to hell, leave him alone. Let him be merciful to him. Why do you want to make everybody's life around you hell on earth anyway? Is God for you? It doesn't matter what anybody does to you. Did, now, did, they, did, did, did Joseph's brother lie, to, lie and throw him in prison? Did God take care of him? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Did Jacob get shafted by his father-in-law how many times? And did God take care of him? Absolutely. He will take care of you. Yes. Nobody, if God is for you, who can be against you? Ain't nobody can be against you. You don't need to fight with people in order to get ahead. They're not holding you down. But see, you got to have faith in a loving God or you won't believe that. You're going to fight because you think you got to make your way. They're in my way and I'm going to move them. And now you're out of fellowship with God. Come on, y'all. This is good preaching. This is the number one reason why there's no joy in church. 
I mean, not, not, I, I'm, not, I'm not lily white. Good Lord. I, if, you, if I told you the things people have done, Christians, you'd want to kill them with me. I mean, I've had the people in this church, you just cannot believe they're that mean. And then I only got, I only got six days to get over it. <laughs> I got to get back up here and preach and I am. Uh, help me not to want to kill him when I see him, Jesus, Sunday morning. I want to kill him. <laughs> Come on, we've all been down this road. If, if we only knew this Satan's been doing this to people for 6,000 years, messing up people's lives. Matter of fact, they persecuted Jesus, and he did no wrong. Just because you're being persecuted does not mean you're doing something wrong. It might mean you're doing something right. It's really because God, the devil hates God, and he can't attack him, so he attacks you. And you need to understand that's why you're being attacked. And there's people, listen, my, my father was not the, he wasn't even saved. He was an alcoholic. I'm not mad at my dad. I don't, I, what? I don't know what it's like to be a Marine in Korea. I'm not going to run around, my dad didn't love me. Well, he didn't. Whoopie-doo, my heavenly father does. (laughs) I decided to break the curse in the Morgan family with me. If somebody's going to be happy, it's going to be me. Hallelujah. (laughs) And listen, when I grew up, my, my mother was divorced. I'm the only kid in class whose parents are divorced. The teacher was mean to me. She was mean because my parents were divorced. I didn't do anything wrong. Make a public example out of me in class because my parents are divorced. They have a word for that in Georgia. It's like a dog or something. But that's not right. That's not right to pick on kids because their parents are divorced. Well, you talk about, you talk, our society, the, the world is full of, cra- the people are crazy. And did it, did it affect me? It, yes, until the day I got saved. The day I got saved. God released me and I released them. And I walked out of that jail cell free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. I'm free from sin, I'm free from sickness, I'm free from poverty, and my life is ahead of me. I'm a new creation. I've been born again, and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And you know the, you know the, the cops that put me in jail? They were all crooks. We had a, we had a Volkswagen that got, my, my wife got in a wreck, and, and she got in a wreck with a lady whose, whose boss was an attorney. We couldn't win that. So we walked in the courtroom, and the, and the judge says, what do you have to say? And I said, we forgive her. And the judge went, all right. And the lady went, we won. I said, I did. And I walked out. You can have the doodle bug, baby. I got God. I am not going to lose my salvation over you in a, in a Volkswagen. I can guarantee you that. And, and just late, listen, I know that sounds, you wouldn't dare let someone get away with that. Why not? Why not? You know, the, you know the guy that ripped me off $50,000 in a log cabin? I never went after him. 
I gave it to God. Just you listen, you I gotta get my prayers answered. And I, I don't need to be tied up in legal matters suing somebody. What did Jesus tell you to do? Don't go to court with them. Boy, I tell you, this is you spend all your life fighting with everybody you meet. It takes two people to fight. Next time your wife wants to fight with you, kiss her. And make her breakfast. Because where, where there's division, there's, there's every evil work. You have you invited Satan in your house. You just you come in and tear it up, baby. What's wrong with just forgive him? Just I'm gonna tell you another story in a minute, but I, I gotta I gotta tell you, I gotta see how to tell you. And his master was angry. I I, I don't think God likes this. I, I don't think he likes it at all. So what do you do? I am pretty sure I have made people mad. But I'll be honest with you, it was never on purpose. What's wrong with a little mercy? All right. How can I expect it if I'm giving it? I'm the one that sets the standard. And I will tell you all something. The hardest thing I have ever done in my life is to love people who are ugly to me. Your flesh don't want to do that. Your flesh goes, no, nah, I ain't even talking to you, you ugly thing. And then you go do something nice for someone. Oh, Jesus, next month I'll do it. Get Lisa to do it. But is it, is it, am I the only one who has a tough time with that? I mean, it's, it is not easy. But here's the way I view it. They're like I was. I remember being hard to get along with. I remember being rough. I remember being opinionated. I remember being wrong. Right? And what did God do? He just loved me through it. Because he saw me. Uh, uh, one, uh, uh, Jack Hayford said something one time. It helped me immensely. See people as they can become. Boy, that helped me. I'll look at people now and go, Man, one day you're going to be a fireball for Jesus. Amen. I look at Rosa and I can tell you, I just see a flaming evangelist out of that little Mexican woman who's four foot seven on her way to heaven. And, but I just, you know, it's so much more pleasant to see the good. Find, find the good. There's good in there. If they're born again, they are a Christian. Now, their soul might be messed up, but they, what, they need, what they need is love. Now, you know, I say this all the time, and I want to tell you something about Shekinah glory. I am aware that I'm an imperfect person. I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm also aware of the people that I hang around that let me know it. You ever had anybody you hung around with a while, and after a while they're going, eh, I don't even want to know you. Cindy Duval has never changed her opinion of Lisa and I, no matter what she's seen us do. And I told her one day, I texted her and I said, when I grow up, 
I'm going to be like you. I, you want to learn about love? Find somebody doing it. Mary Frances Ferrallo. When I do something stupid, she'll get on to me that fast. And then I'll say, I'm sorry. She'll forgive me, and then, boom, it's over, and treat you like you did no wrong. I went, Lisa, I'm going to be like Mary Fran one day. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you about me. I usually don't get over stuff today. (laughs) Come back next week, and let's talk about this again. I mean, I just... I've just never been real fast. Come on, y'all. I mean, I'm bearing my soul to y'all. I'm just not even a Catholic church. Am I the only one in here that just, Lisa can forgive you and forget it. Bam, that fast. God knows. Just give me three, give me a week. I'll be around. Because I always thought, I can't pray they didn't know what they did because by God, they did know what they did. <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing was wrong. <laughs> this is good, isn't it? But I found out if you want your prayers answered, you need to forget it and you need to drop it and get over it. Now, does this mean they're going scot free? Oh, no. God will take care of them. But you let God do his job, he's God. Because God loves that person and he is going to work with them. Yes. Let, me, let me make a statement to you. No matter what someone does, you don't want them to go to hell. Right. You know that? I don't have an enemy on this planet that I wish they'd go to hell. I don't. And I'm not going to help you get there. You understand that? So if you're disobeying God, I'm not helping. I'm not, I'm not getting in the middle of this between you and God. I'm going to, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to forget it, and I'm going to leave it to God, and then I'm going to pray mercy on you because that's what I want you to do when I screw up. And if you stay in a church long enough, you'll know everything. It, this is Peyton's place. <laughs> Wouldn't y'all like to do a sitcom called Word of Life? Would that not be a fun weekly sitcom? There's so much drama that goes on in a church, it ain't even funny. We would start with the seniors. Don't think that because they're old. They, they have died yet. They, they still got their boyfriends and their girlfriends and they still got their... Come on, that would make a movie all by itself. <laughs> of course, I'd be the star of the show. But wouldn't that be fun? I mean, we, I mean, we could run a series all the way through the middle of the millennial reign with all the drama that goes on in a church. <laughs> but I'd have to gossip to, to, to write it, so. Go to Isaiah 58, 6. 
How are we doing for time? We're doing good. Now, I want to show you something. Oh, this is so, guys, this is so powerful what I'm fixing to read. This is so good. Man, that you could just get healed reading this. 58.6. Look at this. Is not this the fast that I chose to loose the bonds of wickedness and undo the heavy burdens? Talking about people. Let the oppressed go free that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry that you bring in the house the poor that are cast out? You see the naked cover him and hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light will break forth like the morning. Your healing will spring forth speedily. Your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And you'll call and the Lord will answer. You'll cry and he'll say, here I am. If you take away the yoke and the pointing of your finger. He had to put that in there. Yeah, but you just don't know what they did. Easiest thing in the world to get in a conversation and just bring up, well, you know what they did last week. You just broke fellowship. You don't want anybody doing that to you. Love covers a multitude of sin. Did you hear about it? I did. What are you doing? Praying. Believing the best. They will be fine. They'll come out of it. They're doing good. They're blessed. Papa God, thank you for the goodness. Isn't that better? Boy, you, I read this one time and I went, God, I got to put that finger away. Man, I have got to do something with that finger. It wants to pop out every once in a while. Without everybody raising their hand, anybody in here ever done that? Oh, yeah. And the more junk you know. Mark eleven twenty five. just put it on the screen. He's talking about the, the, the power of your words and speaking to trees. And when you stand praying, if you have anything against anybody, you get rid of it. Why? You're not getting your prayers answered. God's not. He gives more grace. He, God is not out there helping you with your life of sin, especially when you're tearing up his church. And he won't let anybody do that to you either. People cross you. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about it. He's got this. He'll take care of them. I pray for people who cross me. I have some dead enemies. Drop stone cold dead. I've had, we've had people come to this church, and I won't tell you the things they did. It would, it would shock you. A year later, drop dead in their house, dead as a doornail. And, 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 and if I told you, you'd go, yeah, baby. But see, I don't, but you know, I just leave it alone. Now, I'm going to tell y'all something. I, I fought 
with people for a while because I thought I was supposed to. I thought I have to straighten this mess out. But, but I'm not God. And so after a while, I realized I'm, getting out, I'm the pastor and I'm getting out of love. Now, I got to stop this. I got to get back in love. So that scripture, that when, I, when, I, when I was reviled, revile not back. When someone says something, zip it. Be quiet. Oh, you want to say something. Now, I got, I got another scripture. Um, go, to second, go to 1 Corinthians 11. Everybody say, I think we're going to get some forgiveness here tonight. Amen. Verse 27, 11, 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself and eat the bread and drink the cup. And whoever eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not condemnation, judgment, not discerning the Lord's body. What's he talking about? Well, that's what he's talking about in 1 John. And people have said that that's 1 John's not relevant for today. 1 John is not talking about someone being born again. You don't get born again confessing sins. There's no place in the New Testament you get born again confessing your sins. He's talking about the sin of getting out of love. The sin of unforgiveness. The sin of causing strife. Okay? I'm going to read another scripture to you in a minute and you'll see this. For this reason... There are people weak and sick in your church, and many sleep. They die early. Why? Well, they're, they're not discerned. They're not rightly dividing the body. There's people here, and they're all imperfect, and so are you. God wants you to extend mercy. Go to the book of James now. I'm gonna read, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to read one there and one other place, but I want to. Is this, is this helping Tell me it is because I don't want y'all to. Um, James 2, verse 8. If you really fulfill the royal law, according to Scripture, you love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. If you show partiality, you commit sin and are convinced by the law as a transgressor. Whoever shall keep the whole law... And stumble in one point, he's guilty of all. He said, don't commit adultery, don't commit murder, don't commit adultery, but murder, you've become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty, not the law of judgment. What law do you want to be judged by? Law of mercy. All right. For judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is when you extend forgiveness and release when they don't deserve it. They did me wrong. Correct. Turn them loose. Cancel the debt. Don't bring it up. Leave it alone. Give it to God and pray for them. Because there will be a day you're going to go, God, Sir, I need some mercy right now. I don't need, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm dealing with something and I'm, and I'm wrong. And if you're left to myself, this is not going to turn out. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to go back and he's going to look at your past. How merciful are you? 
What did, what did you do when someone came to you and, and they were all wrong? They're not talking about people who ask for mercy. We're talking about even the ones who don't. Forget it. Leave it alone. Drop it. You can't afford bitterness. You can't afford it. It'll kill you. It'll send you to an early grave. And you'll lose all your joy. Now, I've, I've been married before. My first wife left, took everything. Everything. And I married Lisa and she threw the rest out in the street. So what? Praise the Lord. I got God. Uh, yeah, I, I thought about getting mad a little bit. Especially when the whole church blamed me. And they didn't even know what was going on. And they're ugly. And I want to tell them, what did I do? I did absolutely no wrong in it. You say, yeah, oh, they're everybody. That's a lie. Let me ask you a question. In the garden, was God partially responsible for Adam and Eve falling away? Was Jesus partially responsible for Judas falling away? No. You're not responsible. Your spouse walked away. They had a choice. There's been people married to ugly people that stayed. Come on. You walking around taking the blame because everything everybody does? You don't take the blame for that. But boy, the church, they just got to find somebody to blame. And, 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 and the gossip starts. And this was the word, whatever you do, don't pastor. And I said, I won't. And God goes, uh, I want you to pastor. I'm going, you're going to get me killed. <laughs> it's quiet in this old Baptist church. This is good, isn't it? You have no idea how liberating it is. This makes you and I like God. Adam wanted to be like God. You want to be like God? This is what he's like. He's very merciful. Now, I could tell you stories of doing things for my enemies, but I don't want to right now. How are we doing for time? Oh, man, we're out of time. Romans 12, 9, and we'll close with this. Has this helped you? I'm going to tell you, every once in a while, I will stop what I'm doing. I'll make a list. And I'll start praying for people that are not nice, that have said things. And then I'll ask God, forgive me for the stuff. Because I'm, I'm, I know I'm not lily white myself. I've probably done a few stupids myself. I know I have. I mean, you, you can't get up and talk without saying something stupid <laughs> and offending somebody. You just, I go home and I go, I should not have said, get off your butts the other day. I should not have said, get off your butt. <laughs> but I did. Let love be without hypocrisy. You remember the old Romeo movies, Romeo and Juliet? That was played by one man. All of the old Shakespeare theaters were played by one person. 
They played all the parts. Romeo, Romeo, where art thou? I'm over here, baby. <laughs> and the mask that, he, that going from girl to boy was called a hypocrisy. It was a hypocrite. You were to wear a mask. Let love be without wearing a mask. Abhor what's evil, cling to what's good. Verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. This is tough scriptures. We've got to need to. Don't lag in diligence, fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Patient, patient in tribulation or trouble. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing the needs of the saints and giving to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them. Don't curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things. Associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Don't ever pay back. No revenge. If it's possible. It's not always possible. As much as depends on you. Be at peace with all men. Quite a way to live. Isn't it? Isn't it? Now I'm going to close with this and don't forget it. You were, you were given forgiveness free. Stop making people pay for mercy. You don't have the right to do it. If they did you wrong, he released you, turn them loose. Because if you don't, then you're, then you're going to lose your joy. And you're going to go through life, and your prayers won't get answered, and, you, and you'll be running around going, what's wrong with God? I'm going to tell you right now, this is, Satan does not need to come up with a new scheme. This one's been working on Christians for, for 2,000 years. So let me, let me help you with something. I promise you, this week, someone will do something to you. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And it'll be dumb and stupid and probably on purpose. And I want you to sit and go, when they do it, I'm going to bless them. Not out. <laughs> be kind. Give them some money. Buy them something. Pray for them. If you're here tonight and, you, and, and you're wrestling with this, I've gone through it. Don't, I've been through this. I've been, we've all been through this. Man, you've got something stuck in your crawl, get it out. Get it out of there. Father God, I will give this to you. I'm not carrying this around anymore. I'm turning them loose. I'm, I'm releasing them of what they owe me, just like you did me, and I'm showing mercy. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you're struggling with sickness, that's the first place I would look. And I don't mean be light about it. I mean, you get dead serious about this. Now, well, I just forgive you. No. You bless them. You, you get down and you do some serious praying for the people who've done you wrong. God, I don't want them to go to hell. I don't want them to, I don't want them to eat this. And I'm going to treat them the way I want you to treat me. So right now, because of what they did, I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time praying. They, they need prayer bad. And I'm going to be the one that does praying for them. And I'm going to get myself clean from all this. Can I tell you one more story real quick? 
when I went through my divorce, and my, my daughters hate it when I tell these stories because they're out everywhere. Uh, my ex-wife started taking the girls down to Church Street Station, teaching them to smoke and drink. God, I got mad. I, I, Y'all, I got so mad, I got mad as H. And I told God, if you'll just resurrect the stoning law for one minute, I'll fix this problem. And I was, I was mad. And I'm going to be honest with you, I was mad for, for weeks. I didn't turn it loose. I remember getting out of bed one morning to go to work, and, and my legs hurt so bad in my knees. I got arthritis in my body so, so bad, guys. At 30-something years of age, I couldn't walk. I'm getting out, and I'm walking like this, going to work. I'm a block mason, and, and I'm in the right. I'm the one that's been violated, and I'm the one with arthritis. Come on, I'm preaching good. And my knees hurt. Man, I'd, I'd walk up to a board on the scaffold an inch and a half high and I'd lift my foot up and put it on it. It just hurt. I hurt all the time. And I went to God and I said, I'm believing for my healing. He said, I want you to forgive your wife. I said, no. I was mad. Boy, you're talking about a struggle. Folks, that's hard. And I had to get down and go, God, I'm going to give this whole thing to you. I'm going to give it all to you. I won't touch it in thought life, and I will never say anything again. I mean, I'm now that I'm not mad, I'm not gossiping. And I turned it loose. And I mean, a couple days later, my body's fine. I'm going to tell you, sin will make you sick. Bitterness will make you sick. It'll kill you. I've seen women, their husband did them wrong and they died. The women died. That's not right. But they're bitter. They get mad. They're mad. I didn't say it's easy. But if Jesus paid for you with his blood, you can forgive him. Father, I wash. Let's just pray. Father God, I'm, I'm trying to quit and I, and I think it's time for me to stop. But. Father, I, I, I'm, I'm almost certain there's people sitting in this room right now that have issues with people. And it's really a ploy from hell. And, and I know everybody in the sound of my voice is a born-again Christian that loves you. I at least believe all of them are. There may be one or two that's not. I don't know. But Father God, I'm going to ask you to help us to, when we walk out of here tonight to get some of this stuff under the blood. To forgive people and turn some things loose and let it go. Not to let this stuff get in our hearts and in our minds and just just wreck us. And Father, there are people that have done things wrong on purpose. I'm pretty sure there's people done things wrong and didn't even know they did it. But I'm asking you to give us the grace right now to turn loose. I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice would get their joy back. And that would be a sign that they're back in fellowship with you. And Father God, I trust you that you'll take care of the, whatever they're dealing with the way you handle it. And, and uh, payment will be made. You'll take care of it. But I pray over this church, I pray over everybody in it, that we would learn to walk in love towards those within and without and stay full of joy in Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless every one of you. I, did that help you some?
How many of y'all walked in here and went, I needed that? I, I just, okay, okay, okay. <laughs>